Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. On SEM, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everett. On a day where we're still trying to work out what the next few rounds of footy actually looks like, and it's been called Survivor, the amazing race, and a great adventure. Hello and welcome. Time on here on SEN. Jack Heverin with you this hour. Our special guest, Dan Richardson, the general manager of footy of the Bombers. Is this the week that we see Sam Draper? We'll get the latest on Kyle Hooker's injury and how the Bombers are preparing for the next few weeks of games. We'll also talk about who it's a big weekend for. That's how we'll start the show with your calls and some of the stuff you've missed. It's been a very, very, very busy day in sport. you jack heaven a couple of minutes after six o'clock wednesday the 22nd of july it is a great day to be alive a lot to get through in this hour we'll start to break down what the weekend's footy look like i want to start with your calls on who it's a big weekend for we haven't done this for a few weeks normally do it on a wednesday but there's been a little bit of other stuff that we've had to take care of in recent weeks on a Wednesday. So one 736 736 on the phone, on the text, 0433981116. Who's it a big weekend for? It can be a team. It can be a player. Might be the umpires. You choose. Give me a call and we'll get stuck into who it's a big weekend for in just a moment. I have an AFL fan emblem pack to give away. You can stick them to vehicles, laptops, most things, in fact, Visit famemblems.com.au for retailers. Been an interesting day, been a busy day, as I mentioned. We're still all trying to make sense of the next few rounds of games. We got them last night on the show, and all we, all we could tell was that there was a lot. Um, everyone's now had a chance to dissect it. Some believe that they've come out of it better than others. Um, that was going to be the reality of what the AFL are trying to do here. 33 games in 20 days. There were going to be some who travelled more, some who travelled less, some who didn't travel at all, some who have got the top teams, some who have got the bottom. It is what it is. It's just one of those years. Uh, trust me, Travis Old and his team, who have got one of the hardest jobs at the moment to actually fixture this season, they're not sitting down and fixturing the next lot of games and trying to rip anyone off. They're trying to do the very best they can and... It's a tough gig, and they are doing exactly that, the very best that they can. So news that has just come to hand, 
before I catch up with some of the other stuff from across the day and then your calls in just a moment. The Western Bulldogs, uh, Andy and Bob just mentioned this just before they finished up, have released a statement that former vice-captain Lockie Hunter remains in the club's Queensland hub despite being ruled out of selection due to personal reasons. The club announced that this afternoon that the midfielder and premiership star would be unavailable to play as he deals with personal issues. There is no time frame placed on his absence within the team. And the statement said the club will continue to strongly support Lockie as he works through some personal challenges with his health and well-being to the priority, to be the priority focus. Uh, I have no further information on it. Uh, I absolutely do not even want to speculate and will not speculate. If we have any information across the hour, uh, we'll absolutely get that to you. But on behalf of myself and everyone here at SEN, Lockie, whatever uh, is happening in your life, we wish you all the best. Um, It's been a challenging year. It's been a year that uh, has spent more time off the ground than on the ground. And I certainly don't condone what happened earlier in the year, but uh, mental health is an enormous priority for Lockie right now clearly as his physical health and uh, until we have further information on that we'll leave that there but Lockie we wish you all the best Mark Murphy close to a one-year extension Mitch Cleary from afl.com.au reporting that news and Isaac Smith and Shannon Hearn in the same boat that came to hand this afternoon I thought David Trotter player manager was a very very interesting chat with Sammy Edmund today on Sam's world which is normally Dwayne's world Uh, He spoke about that he believes the trade period might be as active as it's ever been. Might share a little bit of that with you later on. To cricket, Meg Lanning signed with the Melbourne Stars today after being with the Perth Scorchers for the last couple of years. And I'll have more info on this towards the end of the hour. Sonny Bill Williams is on the verge of an NRL return with the Roosters. Was set to play in Canada. That season has now fallen over. And the Roosters are one of a number of clubs who are trying hard to get Sonny Bill back in the NRL. More on that later on. Uh, in NBL free agency and off-season movements today, as we mentioned last week on the show, we flagged that Ruben Tarangi, former six-man of the year and most improved player in the NBL, has left the Brisbane Bullets and assigned with the South East Melbourne Phoenix. David Barlow in season number 720, he's the veteran and still playing really nice basketball for Melbourne United, has re-signed. Sam Froling re-signs with Illawarra. And Sunday Deck leaves Illawarra to go to the Adelaide 36ers. Big loss for the Hawks. Huge gain for the 36ers. More on that across the hour as well. one 736 736 to join me here on Time On. I mentioned that we haven't had the chance to do this for the last couple of weeks. Tonight we do. On a Wednesday, I pose the question to you. It's a big week four. You finish the rest of the sentence. one 736 736 on the phone, on the text, 0433 Nice prize to give away to our best caller or best text. Who is it a big weekend for? Just before I get to your calls, there's one I want to put out there straight away, and that's the Gold Coast Suns. Because I reckon everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, a bunch have jumped on the Gold Coast Suns this year, for the way that they play footy. It feels like, in a way, the Suns have almost become a lot of people's second teams. And they do play a good brand of footy. And, yes, there was the excitement and the hype with Matt Rowe, the way he was going early in the season. They get their chance on a Thursday night to play primetime footy against the Western Bulldogs, who are going pretty well at the moment as a rule. I thought their performance over Essendon last week was superb. It's a big weekend for the Gold Coast Suns. They have had a lot of struggles along the way. 
it looks as if it's really tracking in the right direction this time around. And I know we've said this before. They'd want to put up a good showing on Thursday night footy. I think they will for what it's worth. They're going to be up against it against the Western Bulldogs. But if you want to be on the big stage, there's an expectation that comes with it. And for the Suns, they need to play well tomorrow night. They don't necessarily need to win the game, but they need to play well. That's one of my three. I'll come back to a couple of others a little bit later on. Greg's in Blackburn can open the batting for us tonight. G'day, Greg. G'day. Hope you're sitting well, mate. And you? Um, I am. Thank goodness for that. That's good. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Hopefully everybody's feeling okay. Um, Melbourne. It's a really, really, really big week for Melbourne. I mean, I, the Gold Coast Suns, we won. It was good, but I'm still not sure about them. Hawthorne, there wasn't much there. Brisbane, I really rate highly. Mm. So I just want to know whether Melbourne can keep this uh, metres gained from the four midfielders. They did their 30% of all metres gained were from the midfielders last week, the four of them, which was up from 17% for the rest of the year. And um, it's a big game for them. It really is. Yeah, and this is a midfield, Greg, as you'd well know with Brisbane. This, this, this is a midfield that works really, really well. They've got two or three different layers to their mids. They don't just rely on Lockie Neal and Jared Lyons. They, they've got a lot of depth to their midfield, don't they? They do, they do, and um, it's going to be fantastic to watch. It really is. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope that it's a really, really good game. Greg, appreciate your call. I hope that it's a good game. It's got a, a good slot at the 6 o'clock game on Sunday, which I think at first, I think generally we're a bit iffy about and sort of thought, oh, yeah, okay, 6 o'clock on a Sunday. But uh, the TV numbers have been good for that slot. And just judging from some of the texts that we've got in the last couple of weeks on this show, that... It seems as though the six o'clock slot is is um, is something that footy fans are starting to come around to. Albeit it's not a free to air game, I do understand that, and I do understand that there are a lot of people out there who don't have uh, subscription TV, whether it's Foxtel or whether it's Ko. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. It's actually Adelaide and Essendon will be interesting for a bunch of different reasons, um, and Essendon should win that game, you would expect. But then West Coast and Collingwood into Melbourne and Brisbane, uh, superb. This is why we don't ever want to get, hopefully, back to a situation again. I'm on a tangent here. We don't ever want to get back to a situation where we've got games that overlap. One that just flows straight into the other, into the other, and Sunday is the perfect example of that. Adelaide and Essendon may not be for you because of the way the Crows are going this year. Um, Essendon still need to play well to win this game. But West Coast and Collingwood into Melbourne and Brisbane, it's a pretty good way to spend a Sunday afternoon into the evening, I reckon. Greg, thank you for your call. Andrew's in Nidri. Andrew, finish this sentence for us. Who's it a big weekend yeah. for? Essendon. Go on. Well, we play Adelaide, who hasn't won a game. Uh, we had an upset uh, last week with a fairly bad loss to Footscray, or got more. But um, And if we don't win against Adelaide, we then face Brisbane, GWS, Gold Coast, and then St Kilda. Mm-hmm. It is a very hard row, and and that um, I just hope the Essendon Selection Committee is innovative, daring, and prepared to have a, a real crack at putting the right players in the side. Because Give me- we're undermanned. Yeah, we're undermanned. The, the thing is, you've got to have a forward line who can kick goals. Um, and unfortunately, um, sometimes it works with the forward line set up, other times it's, it doesn't, and I think it's to do with a, key, a couple of key targets down there to take good marks 
in that in that fifty meter um, circle. So Dan Richardson, so stick around, Andrew. Dan Richardson's going to be yeah. up in about twenty minutes from now. So who do you want to see in the Bombers team this week? Do you want another forward in, do you? Well, definitely, definitely. And 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 you're going to give the. And I know it's hard to bring players. Look, they've brought. We have a very good list. There's a lot of young players. They need to settle. They need to get games under their belts and all the rest of it. Um, you know, we've had a few players come in and out. We've lost some really uh, experienced players, um, which m- makes it hard. But then every side's in the same boat. So um, I just hope that, um, you know, uh, Draper um, gets a game. Um, I think we need a ruck. I, I don't think, you know, and I think Phillips should be kept in the side. And I think he could play a very good part down at full forward or in that uh, forward line area. Um, as and a, and a second ruckman type situation. Now they might go back for Bell Chambers, but I reckon they they really need to look at maybe um, the young bloke um, Scott Draper. So, but, um, well, the talk is, and that's why I say, Andrew, hang around for about fifteen twenty minutes from now. Dan Richardson will join us. There is a little bit of, bit of discussion around that Sam Draper's getting close. I, I think every team right now, and Dan Richardson will tell us about this. Every team today would have been having conversations about how do we manage our players. There's just, there's no if, buts or maybes about it. I think any team who thinks they're going to take in their best 22 players every single week for the next five weeks, it might be short-term pain. It might be short-term gain, but the the long-term pain and the, the risk of soft tissue later on in the year could be far too great. That's the conversation that clubs will be having today. So the reason I say that, Andrew, is that maybe you will get your wish and maybe we will see James Stewart play in the next week or two. Maybe we will see Sam Draper play. And I know Bombers supporters have been really, really keen to see him. And it's been a long road back from an e-reconstruction. Maybe we will see them sooner rather than later. Appreciate your call. Dan Richardson to come in about 20 minutes from now. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'm posing the question to you, who's it a big Weekend four. Nathan's in Craigieburn, and he loves his Saints. G'day, Nathan. Yeah, good evening. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm a happy Saints man. We got the duck off our back from Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Um, I reckon it's a big weekend for us this weekend because we actually go as underdogs, and when we go as underdogs, we usually play good, and I reckon we can get the job done against Port. You think you can beat Port Adelaide? I really reckon we can because of your uh, fast, fast flowing, and I reckon if it doesn't rain, if it's dry weather, it suits us in our forward line and the back line. And I reckon we should bring in Nathan Brown for Josh Battle to play on Charlie Dixon. Yeah, Dixon's going to pose some big problems, isn't he? No question about that. Nathan, appreciate your call. Uh, I had the Port Adelaide game on the weekend, and the game turned as soon as Charlie Dixon started to work his way into it. Um, there's a very heavy reliance on him in the Port Adelaide forward line. Connor Rosie's just just down slightly. He's young. He's going to have some fits and spurts in his career early on where he's going to have some good weeks and some bad weeks. He's just down slightly. And, and even Robbie Gray, I mean, his impact late was obvious and he kicked the, the goal after the siren to win the game. But his numbers are slightly down on previous years as well. So much of Port Adelaide's forward line is stacked around Charlie Dixon. It's actually not a bad call. Nathan Brown's been at the hub. He's been waiting in the wings. I'd imagine that'd be a tough spot to be for a player. When you're at the hub, you're training with the team and you're doing all of the right things. He's a professional. Again, back to my earlier point that 
Teams are going to have to look at different options. They're going to have to go to the bottom of their list. They're going to have to go to every player on their list and potentially use them at some point as well. Maybe this is a good week for Nathan Brown to come in and have a crack at Charlie Dixon. Maybe Callum Wilkie might get that spot. I'm not too sure. Um, I've got one that it's a big weekend for. More of your calls after the break as well. And I'll get to all of your texts very shortly as well. We've had a couple of calls on Melbourne and quite a few texts on Melbourne as well. It's a big week for Christian Petrarca, I reckon. He's having a very good season. That's indisputable. I think the talk about has Christian Petrarca gone past Dustin Martin? Well, actually, I probably haven't laughed that hard this year, to be honest. But they need their man. Max Gorn's having a great year, and the battle with Stefan Martin will be huge. They need Christian Petrarca through that midfield to be huge for them. It's one thing to have a good season that he's having. It's another to have a big game against one of the best teams in the competition. So love the way he's going about it. The talk about Petrarca versus Dusty's hilarious, but he needs to have a big game up against Brisbane this week. It'll go a long way for Melbourne potentially winning that game. More of your calls, more of your texts after this. Dan Richardson from the Bombers to join me in about 15 minutes from now as well. It's time on. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Everin. I was actually really disappointed because I love horse. As soon yeah. as I see him, he's one of those guys I just love and are drawn to. And I just had a crap press conference. And I was crappy and a little bit shitty. Can I say that? Sorry, the yep, kid. You can. But yeah. now I said something was out of line. And to be honest, it was it was what horse said. It wasn't really the answer. It was just me being frustrated. We weren't playing well, and we we're just kicking into ridiculous spots and you know, I just lashed out and unfortunately horse was on the, the end of it but then I was on the terrible tirade at the other end when I rang him to apologise. <laughs> was it a, a good cook? Like was it that. a serious good cook? Well horse can give a good cook he can. <laughs> <laughs> I deserved it I'm telling you. I love that. That was Damien Hardwick today with Gary and Tim. The full chat's available on the podcast. <laughs> Putting his hand up and saying yeah he probably got that one wrong after the uh, Sydney game a couple of weeks ago. Good admission. We take our footy seriously, but you dust it off and you move on. I thought that was superb from Damien Hardwick last night. Dan Richardson from the Bombers to join us in 10 minutes from now. You can join me on 0433 98 11 16 on the text or 1300 736 736. I posed you the question off the top of the show tonight. Who is it a big weekend for? Alan off the text says, if it's a big weekend for the Suns, It's an even bigger weekend for the Bulldogs to smash the Dons but not back it up against the Rising Suns. The Doggies can only be deemed middle of the road if they lose that game. It is the most exciting game of the round. Alan, thank you. I hope it is. It's got the potential to be. Two teams who definitely take the game on and and want to have a crack every time they're out there and want to try and score and outgun the opposition. I hope it's everything that we think of. Good text. Tom from Sandringham says, it's a big weekend for Brad Hill from St Kilda, who has yet to play well in many weeks for someone of his ability. His numbers are down. His impact on the game is down. He started 2020 at his new home in a blaze of glory. He, I did a St Kilda practice game at Moorabbin, or a nab, uh, pre-season game at Moorabbin. He was best on ground by so far it wasn't funny. And I called the game with Plough and he... We walked away and he was sort of like, gee, if he can be like this for St Kilda. He had that good game in round three against Collingwood, albeit they were never really in it against the Pies. But, yeah, the impact's the impact's not there. Teams are going to work on him. There's no doubt about that. He's their most damaging midfielder. Teams are going to work and 
you can understand why they are as well. This one, Andrew Manalake says, Pies versus Eagles. It's interesting noting that the grand final loss for Collingwood and struggling to match the Eagles the last couple of meetings prior and lost that grand final. That's sort of, I've lost you the back end of that text, but Collingwood and uh, West Coast, I touched on that game a little earlier. That is going to be a whopper, an absolute whopper of a game on Sunday afternoon. Big crowd. Uh, Eagles fans will be up for it. West Coast should be up for it. I wouldn't say they're playing unbelievably good footy right now, but they're starting to string together something that resembles the West Coast Eagles that we came to expect. Um, That's going to be a huge game, that one. Teams are in for the Gold Coast and the Western Bulldogs. That game to be played tomorrow night. Gold Coast are unchanged. They barely had to make a change in the last three weeks. They made the one last week. Pretty certain they didn't make one the week before. They're a very, very settled team at the moment. Stuart Dew likes what he sees, and as he should. For the Western Bulldogs, Billy Gowers and Callum Porter will come in to make his debut. Lockie Hunter is outmanaged, as we mentioned off the top of the show tonight. A statement from the Western Bulldogs saying that Lockie Hunter is unavailable for selection and that his physical and mental health is the priority at this stage. And I just echo my sentiments from earlier that I don't have a lot of information, and to be honest, I don't feel like I need to have a lot of information I'll take the Bulldogs at their word and uh, wish Lockie all the best in whatever's going on in his life at the moment. Bailey Dale will miss through injury. So Callum Porter is going to make a debut for the Dogs. Now, he's shown this year, Luke Beveridge, that he's happy to give opportunities and happy to give chances. Uh, I reckon this is debutant number five for the Dogs this year. Now, Callum Porter is pick number 74 in the 2017 draft, a Gippsland power player. Uh, He won their best and fairest and finished seventh in the same year in the 2017 Morris Medal for the best player in what was then known as the TAC Cup competition. He's played 33 games for the Western Bulldogs in their VFL team uh, as well. He is 182 centimetres and 76 kilos. So uh, he'll get his chance. We saw Cody Waitman and him taking his opportunities last week and how good he was. Benny Kavara. Got a go earlier in the season and hasn't had the same opportunity. Lewis Butler's had a couple of chances this year as well. Latham Vandermeer has been a revelation for the Western Bulldogs since he made his debut earlier in the season. He's now a regular fixture in their 22. So Luke Beveridge has definitely shown that he will continue to give opportunity to everyone on his list. Uh, This text, it's a big weekend for the Collingwood Football Club. If they can get up and get a win over the Eagles, it sets them up in a big way to come out of the next month, possibly four and zero, given that they have the hardest draw during this period of the season. They'll play two more premiership contenders in the back half of the season, Port and Brisbane. The rest of the draw is very manageable. Michael from Cranbourne says it's a big weekend for North Melbourne. We play the Dogs, uh, we play the Blues, sorry, who are running hot. While we are running ice cold, possible inclusions include Larky, Dorr, Anderson and Zerha. They could help identify issues in and around the midfield delivery and leadership. Come on, Roo boys. Well, Michael, um, if you were listening last night, we had a really big, long chat about North Melbourne. We took a stack of calls. We spoke about their list and I put you all about the time on family in charge of the North Melbourne list. And the overall feeling is that Yes, at the end of the season, they've got some big decisions to make, and we spoke a lot about those decisions. But the overall feeling off the text right now is that they are underperforming in a major way and that they have to simply find a way to be playing better footy because they're not in it at the moment. Maybe some of those players that you mentioned will make a difference to that. This text, Collingwood, no harder draw. Never mind the opposition. In those 13 days, the Pies 
lose. Uh, in fact, we lost the back end of that text. The Pies lose three potentially. Danielle from Glenroy says he's hoping it's a good weekend for Essendon. After their decent start to the season, it was exciting to think they could finally step up and be finals contenders. But watching their recent losses, I just pray it's a small hiccup and they come out firing from here on to finals football. Well, their team is probably one that um, they've got some longer-term injuries with Heppel and Stringer and obviously still Danaher, but they might get access to a couple of players in the next couple of weeks as well. So they could potentially get better. Harry from Aspendale says it's a big weekend for GWS to beat Richmond this Friday as Richmond are injury depleted and GWS have one of the best, if not the best list in the AFL. The thing with that, Harry, is that yes, Richmond are injury depleted, but the bottom end of their list have come in and have played some really, really good football. You've got to admire the Richmond system that Damien Hardwick has set up. Marbiel Choll's been great in the ruck. Jake Arts has given them something since he's come in the team and he's physical, he'll tackle, he keeps the ball inside your forward 50. He's made of the right stuff. Derek Egmelezi smith played his best game at senior level last week and I reckon would have been in a lot of people's votes. I think probably they had Shea Bolton as best on ground, but Egmelezi smith wouldn't have been too far behind that. Marlon Pickett was dropped, came back in and played better last week and a bit more like what Tigers fans have come to expect from... Marlon Pickett, Noah Bolter has been superb holding down a key back position. This is what makes Richmond so strong and so dangerous towards the back end of the year is that they've got a really, really deep list and they've got a really strong system. One player goes out and another one comes in and it'll make for some challenging selection discussions for Damien Hardwick at his team, but it's a good problem to have at the same time as well. We'll talk bombers after this. Dan Richardson, their general manager of footy, will be my special guest on Time On. We'll take into account, obviously, their workload within any game because of the reduced game time. Uh, you know, it's not as though they're playing a full game. So... Uh, you know, that will be taken into account. And if we've managed to rotate a player more often in one game than normal, you might only play what's the equivalent of nearly half a game of, you know, traditional football time. A little bit of John Warsfold talking today on Zoom via his press conference. Yes, that is the world that we're living in in 2020. Zoom spoke about how the Bombers are going to manage their list over the next period of matches. That and a lot to talk about with the Bombers head of football, Dan Richardson, who joins us tonight on Time On. Dan, welcome. Evening, Jack. How are you? Hey, I'm excellent. Thanks for being with us. How have the conversations been since we had the fixture drop on us last night? Uh, Most of them probably been around just preparing initially for for this week against the Crows. Um, But, yeah, then a few around, yeah, well, how are we going to manage, um, you know, the number of games in a shorter space of time. But, yeah, as you replayed there from, from John, yeah, we're, we're fairly fairly confident that the players are in a good space. Mm. Uh, the shorter games certainly, I think, has sped up the recovery times for players between games as it is. So, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, it'll add another dimension, obviously, with the shorter breaks. But, um yeah, we think by and large being up here as well and just having a real focus clearly on recovery between games, uh, we feel as though most of our players should be able to cope reasonably well. Um, but look, you know, there'll, there'll be some some of it where we've just got to deal with on a, on a case-by-case scenario as well. Have we learnt this year because of the circumstances that, I mean, we've so been so fixated on six, seven-day breaks. Have we learnt that it is possible to do it off shorter breaks? Yeah, well, I mean, 
if you look at our most recent game, I mean, the Bulldogs yeah. came off a five-day break. It didn't seem to impact them greatly last week. And, you know, we, we had a... Yeah, we, we certainly weren't at our best, but uh, but credit to them, you know. So, yeah, you, you go on that. I mean, there'll be no doubt, though, that a cumulative impact will, will, will add another dimension to it. And, um, you know, one-off five-day break, you know, six-day break doesn't generally um, hurt you too much. But, yeah, there, there may be a bit of a cumulative uh, lag effect, if you like. Uh, but, yeah, as I say, given the environment that we're in up here and, yeah, I guess a bit of sunshine, beach recovery being possible, <laughs> yeah. all those sorts of things. Um, we uh, we feel as though, and of course the shorter games, we feel as though players should be able to recover pretty well. How are you working through hub life at the moment? As you say, you've got the sunshine. I'm just looking outside the window here in uh, in Melbourne. Trust me, Dan, you're missing nothing in Melbourne from a weather point of view right now. But how are you enjoying it? Oh, look, I, yeah, I know not missing much back there. My family's back home, so... Uh, certainly there's an element of, of that which is difficult, you know, missing family yeah. and, uh, you know, personally got a daughter doing year 12 back home and so there's a lot of challenges there. My wife's uh, holding the fort and look, but that said, yeah, the, the environment up here um, is positive. It was a bit overcast today actually, but we had some beautiful weather, you know, the lead up to today. So, uh, look, the AFL have done a terrific job in sort of setting up the, the, the hubs and the, and the and the accommodation, and the accommodation certainly that we're in uh, here at the Pines is is uh, is, is really nice. Um, yeah, so we're just embracing you know the the opportunity that it provides, and there's there's you know it depends on the perspective you want to take to a large extent, but you know certainly our perspective has been yeah we're, we're certainly up here to perform um, and and play the best football that we can. Uh, but you know, build, but there's also other opportunities to be gained from it, like you know, building relationships between you know staff and players and and families and and partners when they arrive, um, and yeah, and just trying to find the right balance between uh, the fact that we're up here to to work and 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 perform, but yep. there's also some you know there's there's some good leisure time as well. Tell us about the Kale Hooker injury. Um, I was reading about it today on your club website. So it, th- there was a cork in one calf and then it got overloaded. Can you just explain that to us all, if you can? Yeah, well... Um, as best you can. When you're not, <laughs> as best I can, not being a medical expert. But, yeah, just he, he had a bit of soreness, I think, and probably a bit of tightness in, in the calf. Um, prior to then suffering a cork, and 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 sometimes when that happens with a muscle injury, you sort of suffer a, a bruise or a cork on top of a, you know, whether it's a, a slight strain or not, it, it just um, compounds the issue. And I think that's that's essentially what's happened with Kale. You'd love obviously to have Dyson Heppel. You'd love obviously to have Jake Stringer, Patrick Ambrose, and and Kale. Obviously at the moment. But I guess, Dan, by and large, in a year where soft tissues are starting to become more and more prevalent, from a strength and conditioning point of view, you must be pretty pleased that, albeit you don't have those players, but you're not experiencing too many of the, the tissue injuries. Not yet, uh, which is, you're right, pleasing. But uh, look, yeah, we, who knows what's thrown at us over over the coming period. But yeah, look, we've got, you know, we've got faith in the work that our players did not only during pre-season but during you know during the, the first COVID break and yeah we've got faith in in um, in our medical and fitness staff as well that, uh, that will we'll care for our players and and put them in the best position to to perform um, so 
Uh, as I said earlier, there's no doubt now as we come into this period of of, uh, of 20 days of footy in a short space of time, you know, um, there's um, there's probably going to be a an added focus on recovery for mm. sure. But yeah, hopefully we're in a in a good position come at the end of that. Um, um, yeah, I think all clubs, you know, we'll. we'll we're all sort of finding our way, and but clearly, um, you know, we're, we're all going to be doing the best we can. Bombers head of footy, Dan Richardson, joining us tonight here on SEN. Dan, any time that you're on or any time that Woosh is on or Ben Rutten's on this station, I'm sure the same texts keep coming through all the time. They are tonight with me. Bombers fans are desperate to know how Sam Draper's tracking. How close is he? Sam's tracking well. He's played... We've been fortunate enough to have a couple of match simulation for the non-selected players the last two weeks. And um, the first one was at Southport, actually his first game in the first five oh, yeah. minutes. He, he took a towering mark and um, we all went, wow, that's uh, A, great for his confidence and, and B, just you know terrific to see. So, um, yeah, so he's got through you know two of those games now. Um, we won't be able to play one this week, unfortunately, given we're travelling to Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll have another one the following week. And look, he'll, yeah, in terms of the exact time frame, difficult to say. But uh, but certainly, yeah, he's um, he's tracking well. He's 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 worked hard to, to rehabilitate his knee, and um, and it's now just a matter of getting some you know some of that game condition, which you know, in the year that we're having is is perhaps more of a challenge than it might be in other years. Um, but, um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see him at some stage during the year. I reckon that's going to make Bombers fans pretty happy. Tell us about the, the travel schedule for Sunday. Teams are, are doing it different ways. The, the one common theme for those teams who do have to travel is that it's generally meaning a pretty early start to the day on match day. Is that what it's going to look like for you on Sunday? No, pretty good. The first round back for, to the Swans was certainly an early start for us, but this week we, I think we're leaving... Brisbane around midday. Um, okay. We're travelling on a flight with St Kilda, who play that night. I'll um, oh, see so you go the day before. Yeah, um, yeah. So we actually go the day before this week, which uh, yeah, which is I guess that's a that's a plus. They'll stay night in Adelaide, and then we we all come back together about six pm on Sunday afternoon after the game. How was the the same day travel experience? Is it something that I mean you may be faced with again at some stage this year if you? It'd be quite foreign, I'd imagine, to a lot of the players. Yeah, we well, we've experienced it once when we flew to Sydney. Mm. Um, obviously, a reasonably short flight to Sydney helps. But yeah, look, it was really smooth in in many respects, and you know, I guess that you know it helps in a way when I say that when we when put in a pretty strong performance against the Swans. But yeah, we. I think when you're not sort of going through the airport as normal and you're just jumping on a chartered flight, you know there's unlikely to be any delays. Uh, it all went fairly smoothly for us, I have to say. And, um, yeah, I mean, a bit different if you if you weren't able to organise a chartered plane like um, like the AFL have been able to do in, in these circumstances. But, um, yeah, for us, the, the experience was fine. We got, we got home... Yeah, reasonably late that night. We, um, but you know that's, um, but uh, that's often the case when you travel anyway. And the last one I, I want to ask you because for those who are unaware, before you jumped into the the head office stuff with club level, you were in the player management space and very very good at that. David Trotter was on our station today and he spoke about he believes that this trade period will be as active as ever. You've got a really good lens on this given your background. Do you still think that it will be? potentially as busy as we've ever seen whenever trade period happens? 
Uh, question without notice here, Jack. I, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of time to, <laughs> to put a lot of thought in that. I, I wouldn't necessarily think it'll be more active than any other year. Um, but, uh, look, maybe uh, yeah, the, the player managers these days seem to have a, a fairly strong insight into mm. into that and, and probably getting a little bit more active in terms of you know wanting to look at or consider moves for their players. So... Yeah, a bit of a wait and see on that one. I mean, obviously, we just started to you know, get news in the last couple of days about being able to start, you know, talking more yep. formally and about recontracting players. So, you know, so that'll be the first step, and, and certainly, um, yeah, like all clubs, you know, there'll be there'll be certainly players that we, um, we we would love to recontract as soon as possible, and 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 then, but then maybe players that want to take a bit more time and and consider their options as well, and. You know they're they're um, they're entitled to do that. Last one I want to ask you about because we've been getting a lot of questions about him on the text as well. Bombers fans love Joe Danaher. Obviously, there was a bit of a setback suffered recently. How's he placed at the moment? Yeah, he suffered a calf injury, but I guess the positive out of that is he's really starting to move really freely. Uh, and uh, and you know the the chronic injury that he's now you know had for for so long seemed to be coming along really really well. So um, to the point where you know he's moving quickly enough and training hard enough to 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 suffer a, a different injury to his calf but we think he's recovering well from that and yeah should should only be another couple of weeks away before we start to see him back on the track and and once again you know get uh, get close towards playing uh, again that's uh, good news to hear dan thanks for your time we covered a lot of ground as always you're always very generous with it and good luck for the weekend's game against the crows no worries thanks jack dan richardson the head of footy at the bombers joining us we're going to come back wrap up it's been a busy hour. We'll catch up with some of the other stuff that you've missed from across the day as well. You're with Jack Heverin on SEN. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on with Jack Heverin. Well, look, it's virtually done in principle. It's not ink, but uh, we, 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 you know, we've agreed in principle. We're waiting, of course, to get the soft cap so we know how much money is available and all that sort of thing. And... Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's done in principle. It, ha- it just hasn't been inked yet, that's all. And the COVID-19 has delayed that process. But we're very happy with Leon as a coach. He's, he's the guy that turned an under-19 team into a grand final contender. Uh, I'm a great believer in stability in football clubs too. I don't, I don't think you change your coaches and, and, and staff like you change your socks. I think you you stick with those that have done a great job and, uh, and uh, they'll come good. It'll come good, don't worry. That was Giants chairman Tony Shepard talking today with Jared Waitley. That chat is in full available on the podcast talking about Leon Cameron. Dave Matthews spoke in the media yesterday and said, no, no, there is a two-year deal waiting for Leon Cameron. And Tony Shepard backed that up this afternoon. So the Giants look to get set. As you just heard with Dan Richardson, the Giants look to get set to do that deal sooner rather than later. Now that clubs can actually start to have conversations they're starting to get some sort of idea about what their list might look like. They can actually pick up those conversations. Uh, I did mention off the top tonight, I've got an AFL fan emblem pack to give away. Stick to vehicles, laptops, most things. Visit fanemblems.com for retailers. Uh, Nathan in Craigieburn, give us a buzz back about your Saints. Give us a call and uh, we'll get you sorted out with a, a nice fan emblem plaque. Give us a call on 1300 736 736. Lawrence will take your details and we will get you sorted out. This might be relevant to quite a few of you. We've had a lot of texts last night and tonight as well about the rule changes and the holding the balls. The general manager 
of football at the AFL. Stephen Hawking spoke on that this afternoon. Uh, those, those adjustments were made leading into round one for this very phase that we're heading into. So the, uh, yeah, we, we, we got ahead of it. Um, we understood that uh, you know, there may have been some requirement to um, adapt the game. Uh, we reduced the season to 17 rounds. We reduced the length of the game. We maintained uh, the rotations at 90, um, uh, even with reduction in game time. Uh, there's longer breaks at quarter time and three-quarter time. Um, there's also uh, longer breaks post-goal. All of that and the evidence and the data that we've collected and um, also the discussion with players and a range of different people through the game is that that's worked really well and it was done um, to support a compressed fixture. So now it will be interesting to see how holding the ball and a couple of other things are officiated this weekend. They were strict two weeks ago. Some of them were abandoned last week and some were even stricter again. How will it be officiated this week? I wonder. Luke Beveridge spoke today. He said feels like there's a bit of an adventure sense about this weekend. There's a sense of adventure, I think, attached to tight turnarounds and uh, flying by the seat of our pants. I've just spoken to the players and um, we mentioned that um, we probably should just focus on Thursday night before we get caught up in, in what's going to take place because it... Uh, it's quite exciting. I think as far as the ladder positions go too, we've got some um, teams coming up who are up in the uh, top end of the, the situation. So there's some great challenges and opportunities for us. Uh, we we'll definitely won't really turn our minds to it until post-Thursday, but um, I'd imagine that most clubs are uh, looking forward to it. Obviously, it's breaking new ground. Yeah, it is. And we're, I mentioned off the top tonight, we're still trying to make sense of it. We're still trying to work out which way's up and which way's down and who's going where and when does round nine start and round 10 start and round 11, that's all. I spent a fair bit of time on it today. I've just decided that the easiest thing to do is just to let it ride. I reckon just go with the flow. Some of the other stuff that you've missed from across the day, this was at Sandown today. Race number one, a two-year-old handicap, and it was Frankie's Angel. Frankie's two angels, I should say, with Lockie King on board. Saluting. Take a listen. Two legs, Frankie, two angels, followed by a big day out. McCain is still second last. Melba, Storm and Ruber at the 250. Big day out runs on and Frankie, two angels, is starting to lift in the middle as well. Melba, Storm with 150 metres to go. Frankie, two angels in hot pursuit, though, moves up. Ruber's battling away in the centre and big day out. Frankie, two angels, goes to the lead. Dennis Pagan, well done. Frankie, two angels meet Ruber, big day out. Melba, Storm followed next in the field by Grand Pope and then Dubai Moon, and then a gap to Melba Storm, who pulls up quickly, and McCain didn't come on. A gap symbolica. So Dennis Pagan trains his first winner in the city, by the way, too. He hasn't taken it out to the back of Burke to train his first winner. A city winner with Frankie's two, Frankie Two Angels. Uh, he's got Johnny Get Angry running around as well. I think he's got about six or seven, uh, he said. He spoke to Bob and Andy this afternoon, and that chat's up on the podcast as well. But that's his first winner albeit in the city as well. Not an easy thing to do. So well done to Dennis. Some of the other stuff from across the day, Melbourne Storms, Josh Adokar, currently stuck in a little bit of contractual limbo 
and no closer to re-signing. That report came via the Herald Sun this morning, also from a rugby league point of view. The story this afternoon is that Sonny Bill Williams is potentially on the verge of a return with the Roosters. He was contracted to play in Canada this year, but it looks as though that league will not be going ahead. The NRL is going ahead. number of clubs have made the inquiry, and it looks as though the Roosters are leading the way. Aston Villa... Scored a priceless win over Arsenal last night. They move out of the Premier League relegation zone, which is good for them for now. And the return of the ATP Tour has been pushed back to later in August after the Washington event was cancelled because of too many unresolved issues caused by the coronavirus pandemic. I think we're going to hear and see a little bit more of that over the next little while as well. Thank you for all of your calls. Thank you for all of your texts over the hour. Always nice to be with you. Tomorrow night, Terry Wallace is with me for the match committee. From Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Six o'clock, we go through all of the ins and all of the outs. And as we leave you tonight, Channel 10 reporting that Jai Simpkin potentially to miss for North Melbourne this week. Oh, it's the last thing they need.